Welcome to the Prophecy Club. Today I'm going to read Dimitri Dudeman's testimony. It's been a long time since I've read it. We have a lot of new listeners that have probably never heard this. Even if you've heard it, I recommend you continue to listen because he's the guy that was told by the angel Gabriel that America is going to be attacked by Russia. And that's a very difficult message to receive, but I think once you hear his testimony, which is why I'm reading it today, I think you'll agree he heard from God. Okay, so let's get started. So Dimitri Dudeman says, I was born in a Christian family. My father was a pastor of a Pentecostal church. And at the age of 17, I ran away from home. I went to Marine school. I stayed there for about four and a half years. By the way, I typed this up because I've heard him give his testimony many times. I think, let's see, it would have been 1987 I typed this up. Which, by the way, when he wrote his book, he asked me for a copy of it. He didn't use all of it, but he used a lot of it in his book. Anyway, he said, I became a Marine officer. They gave me about 80 new recruits and put me out of the Black Sea. The communist government told me to search the ships coming in from foreign countries. And if I found any Bibles, to confiscate them and arrest the missionaries. They said, Dimitri, if you'll do this, we'll advance you quickly. When I heard I could be a big man, I started searching the ships faithfully. One morning, a ship from Holland came in. I took eight men with me. In checking the ship under a crate of cookies, I found a large quantity of Bibles. I asked the captain, whose Bibles are these? He said, I don't know. And I said, "Uh, don't worry, you will know. Then I saw a man over on the side crying and praying to God. By the way, sometimes I fill in words because it's like I'm hearing his testimony. I'm not necessarily exactly reading it. This is the way he said it. I saw a man crying and praying to God. It was a missionary from Holland by the name of Dave. He'd worked with open doors, and I went to him and asked him for his passport. I asked him, are these your Bibles? He said, no. Who do they belong to then? They belong to your brothers and sisters. When he said this, it was like putting a knife in my heart. Then I heard a voice in my ear saying, What are you doing, Dimitri? I put you here. Don't confiscate those Bibles. Don't you know your dad is a pastor? Don't you know your brother's a Christian? I looked around to see who was talking to me, and there was no one. I started shaking. I didn't know what was wrong. I was embarrassed that I was shaking in front of the missionary. So I went into another compartment. I stuck my fingers in my ears so I wouldn't hear the voice anymore, but it got even louder. Go give him his passport or I'll punish you. So I went to the missionary shaking and I told him, here's your passport. Your God answered your prayers, spoke in my ear and told me to give your passport back and I will even send some men to protect you from the police. As I gave him the passport, the voice stopped and I felt a peace in my heart. Then I realized it was the voice of God. Then I said, every man has an angel and the angel of God is near you. I stayed on the Black Sea for about two years, and as many missionaries came through, they came through without fear. I was put there by God, and I will help them. Now, this smaller type I'm going to skip, but it is in his book, which you can get at prophecyclub.com, called God's Warning to America. Going through the churches, I saw there were no Bibles, maybe 600, 800 members, and if they had two or three Bibles, that was great. I said, God, what is this? Because I knew Bibles were coming in through the Black Sea. I asked the pastors, why don't you have Bibles? And they said, oh, Brother Dimitri, the Bibles come in through the communist hands. The communists sell them to us, but the next day they tell the police, and the police confiscate them. 
which means we bought them for nothing. The brothers would write down verses of the Bible and sit at the door. When you would come in, they would give you a verse of the Bible and the brothers would be glad. In America, though, your lobbies are full, your shelves are full, in your house, everywhere I look, there's a Bible. And in many American homes, when I touch your Bible, my fingerprints are on it. I say, don't you even wipe the dust off? Don't you read the Bible? The mother of all books is the Bible. The Bible is the Word of God. With the Word of God in you, the devil can't, can't, cannot be victorious over you. When I saw there were no Bibles in the churches, I spoke to my family. And I went to the commander of the pier, and I told him, Commander, I got married, and I have nothing to support my family. He hired me as a cook for two months, and I went with the thought of meeting missionaries so the Bibles were not coming through the communist hands anymore. After about two months, I heard the same voice in my ear. Dimitri, run to the pier. Dave is coming. I left the kitchen, ran to the side of the ship. The first man who came out was Dave. And I said, Peace of God to you, Dave. We spoke together and agreed to bring Bibles in. I would give them the churches. With the help of God, in the period of three years, most Bibles had churches. Excuse me, most churches had Bibles. <clears throat> so they brought in a lot of Russian Bibles. Since I only lived about nine miles from the Russian border, I had a lot of Bible warehouses, and they tried to take them over any way they could, but they just couldn't get them over. I came home very despaired one day, and my dad found me, and he said, What's wrong with you? Are you sick? Why is your face so pale? I said, I'm not sick. I just have so many Russian Bibles, I can't, I don't have any great place else to put them, and I want to take them to Russia, but I can't get them over. He said, oh, you want to? He said, yeah, me. <laughs> Did you pray first? No. Did you fast? No. Oh, did you ask God? No, I said. He said, well, that's why you can't take them over. Fast and pray, and God will show you how to take them over. So that's what we did. We decided to fast. And that, that evening, a man came to me and said, Dimitri, wake up. You want to take Bibles to Russia? Yes, I do. He gave me the address. He told me who to talk to. And he said, when you get there, tell them that you were sent by the one that was here earlier. I will be ahead of you. I jumped up, got dressed, ran to, the dad's ha to my dad's house and said, Dad, Dad, let me tell you what happened. He said, go, we'll pray. We got there at 8 o'clock in the morning. When we got there, I knocked on the door and I said, good morning, sir. He was shaking, <laughs> shaking all over and he said, what do you want from me? I said, I was sent here by the one who was here before. When he heard that, he really started shaking even more. And he said, well, what do you want me to do? I said, I want to take Bibles into Russia. He called me in. He told me what to do, how to load the Bibles in. He said, that's what we did in 15 years. We took more than 300,000 Bibles into Russia, not including literature and New Testaments. It was not us. It was Jesus. When we got in trouble, the angel of God would come to help. He was not helping because of our trouble, but for the word of God. Hallelujah. When I got home, my house was surrounded by the police. The police were already checking inside. They had my wife with her face against the wall and my daughter with her face against the wall. They put me with my face against the wall and they started checking the house at 8 in the morning. They finished about 4 in the evening and they came with all kinds of equipment looking through the walls. I had a large quantity of Russian Bibles in my house and I thought they'd found them. At about 4 o'clock they came and said, Dimitri, turn around. Where do you have the Bibles? Well, I thought they found them and I said, well, did you find them? They said, no. Well, if you didn't find any, that means I don't have any. And they said, 
where do you have the Bible warehouses? I said, what, do you think I'm a Bible factory or something? They said, don't worry, Dimitri, you will tell us. But God had broken their equipment, blinded their eyes. They walked over the Bibles and they couldn't see them. Matter of fact, Michael Boldea tells a story. He was in the house at the time and his, he was being Dimitri's uh, grandson. He also had his face put against the wall. And when they started saying, where are the Bibles? Michael, Michael says, I was only like five or six years old. I turned around, I pointed at the Bible and says, right there they are. <laughs> and his mom slapped his hand and said, shut up, put your face against the wall. Anyway, <clears throat> so they took me to the police station. They put me in a very dark cell. I couldn't even see a wall. And they said, you will stay here until you tell us everything. After a little while, I heard somebody open a door. I said, is there someone there? Then I heard a squeak, like a rat squeak. I said, what kind of animals do they have in here? About that time, I felt some, something crawl up my leg. I touched it. It was a rat about a foot long. I would take one or two off, but they would get back on. When I saw, I was, saw this, I was scared. In my despair, I yelled as loud as I could, God, don't let me down. When I said this, a powerful light appeared in the room. The light was so powerful, I couldn't even look at it. Out of the light, I heard a voice. Dimitri, don't be afraid. I'm with you. Look at me. When I raised my head to look, the power of the light knocked me down. Dimitri, look at me. I said, who are you? He said, I'm the angel Gabriel. I'm the messenger of heaven. I came to help you. Look at me. He said, when I looked, I saw a man dressed in shiny clothes. He had a wide belt around his waist. He had a helmet on his head, and in his hand he had a sword which was flaming. He said, Dimitri, don't be afraid. You will go through many tortures, but I will be with you. He said, look around. When I looked around the room, I saw the whole floor full of dead rats. About that time, the light disappeared. Then somebody knocked on the door and opened it. They said, are you still alive? I said, yes, are you trying to have me be dinner for the rats or something? But when he turned the light on, he saw all the dead rats. He came to me, hit me on the head with something, and I fell down. He said, you killed my children? Now I'm going to kill you. He pulled me out by the feet and took my shoes off and put me in the very tight cell. Cold water was dripping on my head, all over me, the iron bars. He said, you will stay here until you tell us where the Bibles are. Water was dripping on my head from the ceiling. I could not feel my head anymore. My legs were very swollen. When a policeman opened the door, I just fell down. They pulled me out and said, What is wrong with your feet? Oh, we know. You are cold. It's okay. We'll heat you up. They tied me around the waist. They pulled me up to the ceiling. With rubber hoses, they beat on my cold feet. He says, brothers, I don't have time to tell you everything. The tortures lasted for five months. They would close the door on my fingers and poke me with needles under my fingernails. I hang on, hang on, hang on. Why did God allow him to go through such tortures? To remove the flesh. To also show to us that he went through all of this torture. That God is with him. And the message he brings to America is of God. They did all kinds of tortures. They would tell me, confess, where I got the Bibles, who brought me the Bibles, how I took them to Russia, who helped me to take them. In my ear was the, in my ear was the same voice from the ship. Dimitri, 
Don't tell. Don't confess. You ask yourselves, why do we endure such torture? If I would have told, hundreds of brothers would have been arrested. Then many of our children would have starved to death. Then the work of God would have been stopped. And I said, I will die, but I will not betray anybody. After five months of torture, I would not tell them anything. Finally, they took me into another room. There they had a very unusual chair, and they said, Dimitri, do you see this chair? We brought it all the way from Germany just for you. You're going to tell us how you get the Bibles through, or you're going to die on that chair. He says, even if I die, I have nothing to tell you. They tied my hands behind the chair. They tied my feet around it. They put something under my feet. They tied something over my heart. They stuck a big bowl on my head. Then they stuck two things in my ears. And they said, okay, think about how you smuggle those Bibles through because you're going to die now. They plugged it in. I felt a powerful shock all through my body. It felt like pins and needles going through it. I couldn't see anymore. When I thought I couldn't, when I, when I thought I, I was going to die, and when I thought I was going to die, the same light appeared. It said, Dimitri, don't be afraid. You won't die. Plead the blood of Jesus. I started saying, Sengilolo Asus, Sengilolo Asus, Sengilolo Asus, which was remaining for the blood of Jesus. When I woke up, I was laying down. My eyes and my mouth were full of blood. They were throwing cold water on me and slapping me around. They said, ha, now you told us everything. We have the equipment. It recorded your every thought. And they said, listen. They plugged it in. I heard my voice. Send you little Jesus. Send you little Jesus. He says, send you little Jesus. Or the blood of Jesus was victorious. And they said, why did you say this? Because you want to kill me. They said, we still will kill you. The next day, they brought in my wife. They put her in the room next to me so I could hear that she was there. They said, Maria, do you want us to let Dimitri go? Yes. Dimitri told us everything. He told us where he has the Bibles, how he texted the Russia, everything. You give a confession to who brought him the Bibles, how he took them to Russia, who helped him to take them, where he has them, and we will let Dimitri go. God didn't let Maria down. She said, well, if Dimitri told you that he knows, I don't know anything about it. They started beating Maria. Now, think about this. If they had your wife, your son, your daughter, or your husband, whoever it was, in that extreme beating them, trying to get them to deny Jesus, would you stand? They started beating Maria. I don't know how they beat her. She fell into a coma. They took her into their arms and put her in a car and took her home. Then they came to me. Dimitri, did you hear that Maria was here? Yes. Yes, I heard it when you were beating her. They said, well, she told us everything. We took her home. You tell us too, we'll take you home also. Why, she told you she knows. I don't know anything about it. They said, oh, so. You and her have a deal, huh? Then they put me on the electric chair once again. Second time, okay? Second time, they did the same thing. Only this time, they turned the power up even higher. When I thought I was going to die, again, the angel of God came. Dimitri, don't be afraid. You won't die. Plead the blood of Jesus. Your enemy will die. You will live. You have to go through one more powerful torture. Then I will take you out of their hands. Then I began to plead, send you little Jesus, send you little Jesus. When I woke up, I woke up the same way, full of blood. 
They slapped me around and poured cold water on me. Then they said, ah, now we have everything. Again, I heard my voice. Send your little Asus. Send your little Asus. They said, this time, I will kill you. He picked up the phone. He called six policemen. This is all I heard. Killing. They jumped on me with their feet. They mashed me up so bad that nine of my ribs were cracked. All of my body was like meatballs. Now, hang on. When I was with Dimitri. Okay, so you know this muscle that's on us? There wasn't one. This was just like bone. This muscle was back up here. And then he says, feel my ribs. And okay, we know what ribs feel like. Okay, smooth, right? Except for the ribs, okay? No, no, no. His had like uh, places where you could tell the ribs had been broken in. And then it was like, instead of smooth, it was like <laughs> hills, okay, like that on his ribs where they had jumped on him. Uh, and he said the next morning after he was on the electric chair, he woke up and all of his teeth was in his mouth. They just all came out. I assume that's because of the electricity killed all of the roots. And so his teeth just fell out. They jumped on me with their feet. They mashed me up so bad that nine of my ribs were cracked. All of my body was like meatballs and I fell into a coma. When I woke up, a doctor was giving me a shot in the right hand and they said, Dimitri, your God still lets you live. Then another author, offer, officer came yelling, hurry up, hurry up, the colonel is dying. The doctor left me and ran. About half an hour later, colonel came in with a humble voice and said, Dimitri, can you get dressed? I said, why? Are you, he's, what, you finished killing me already? He said, you're going home. Your God gave you the judgment. Colonel Prestoff died, and the commander take me, told me to take you home fast. He said, how did he die? He says, he had some kind of internal bleeding. He just fell down dead. The commander told me to take you home fast. So they put me into the car and took me home. I couldn't stand up on either leg. I was completely destroyed. My wife didn't even know me. She filled the bed with pillows. They put me in bed for three months. Then I called death to come. This is how much I suffered. I said, God, just kill me. But he would not. Missionaries from all over the world, they would take pictures and leave. The brothers would pray all around the bed. After three months, I thought there was no more hope. My family was asleep and all my brothers had left me. I heard the same voice and the same light appeared and said, Dimitri, get up, get up, run outside. I jumped out of bed and ran outside. I felt myself to see if I still hurt, but nothing hurt anymore, and I could walk. I thought, whoa, what happened to me? Am I dreaming? Is this true? I went back into my room, and there sat the angel of God. Dimitri, do you still hurt? No. Dimitri, can you walk? Yes. Okay, then start working. You have four more years to carry Bibles. The police will follow you step by step, but I will be with you. I will blind their eyes. They won't catch you. When they see they can't catch you, they're going to kick you out of your country. He said, you're going to America to give them a warning from God. You'll be exiled July 22, 1984 at 10 o'clock in the morning. For four years, I carry Bibles into Russia. I would pull up to the border checkpoint, had so many Bibles in my car. He said I'd taken out the, the front seat, the back seat, had Bibles all across the, the dash, he said, I had so many Bibles in my car, I could barely turn the steering wheel. Pull up to the checkpoint. Dimitri, what are you doing with all these books? Where are the Bibles? We know the Bible. We know you have Bibles. They would open the trunk. It's full of Bibles. And they're throwing the Bibles around. What, what are you doing with these books? Where are the Bibles? We know you have Bibles. They couldn't see them. 
the day I was kicked out of, he says, go on, go on, stop making fun of us. Go on, get out of here. They couldn't see him. They'd say, what are these? He'd say, they're Bibles. <laughs> they couldn't see him. He said, the day I was kicked out of Romania, all my family was watching the time. They'd given all of his possessions away. They were sitting in there in the front living room with their bags packed. Not come to the door. Dimitri, what are you doing? He said, well, we knew you were coming. So they had all their bags all packed and all ready to go. He said, so the day he, his, he was watching this time, his family was watching July 22nd, 1984 at 10 o'clock in the morning, just as the airline stewardess picked up the plane's microphone and said, welcome to flight number so-and-so, just as the plane was departing the gate. Exactly as the angel of God had told him. He said, they took me to Italy. I stayed in Italy for a little while. The police tried to kill me there too, but the angel of God protected me. With the help of God, I finally got into Romania. When, he, when I finally got into America, I'm going to skip part of it here. So he was trying to find an apartment, and they wouldn't take an apartment that has children. They put him into a, an apartment that was really dirty, that had dogs there before. His wife would cry. The children would fall asleep on the suitcases. I walked around outside. I said, why, God, why did you punish me? Why did you bring him here to this country? I, I can't understand anybody. I, have any, I can't. Uh, if I ask anything, they can't understand me. Now, I probably should take a second. So when I was with Dimitri at his home, we were outside in his front lawn, and I said, the night that the angel came to you, and you said you thought it was a car trying to run you over, because they're always trying to run you over the cars of Romania, where were you sitting? He walked over and sat down on what we would call a brick planter in front of his house. And he looked to the left, looked to the right, and he yeah, right here. I was sitting right here. I said, now, where did the light come from that you thought was a car? He said, that direction right there. Now, his, 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 his house was such that if you come down the street and if you keep going straight, you would run literally right into his house. And so I can certainly see from the direction he said that he could think that that was a car. Now, my point is I checked out his story, and I checked out his story otherwise too. But anyway, let's go on. So he said, it was late at night. I couldn't stay inside because of the smell. I was sitting outside on a rock or a brick planter. A light came toward me. The fears of cars came with me. And the remaining police were always trying to run me over the car, cars. So I jumped to run. But out of the light, I heard the same voice. Dimitri, why are you so despaired? I said, why did you punish me? What did I do? So rotten that you brought me to the United States. I have no word to lie my head. I can't understand anybody. Dimitri. Have patience. Didn't I tell you that I will here be with you also? I brought you here to this country because this country will burn. Well, then why did you bring me here to burn? Why don't you just let me die in my own country? Dimitri, have patience. I will tell you. Get beside me. I quizzed him about this. He said, I don't know what it was. He said, it looked like a big pillow on fire. Only thing I remember is he controlled it with his left hand. But he said, I stood behind the, beside the angel. In a moment of time, he took and showed me all of California. He showed me the cities of California. Then he showed me Las Vegas. He said, you see what I've shown you? This is Sodom and Gomorrah. In one day, it will burn. He said, it's sin has reached the Holy One. He showed me another great city. He said, do you know what city this is? No. He said, this is New York City. This is Sodom and Gomorrah. In one day, it will burn. <clears throat> he showed me Florida. He said, this is Florida. This is Sodom and Gomorrah. In one day, it will burn. He didn't let me say another word till we brought me back to the place we'd left. Then he said, now, Dimitri, you can ask me questions. 
He said, I brought you to this country, Dimitri, because I want to wake up a lot of people. I love this country, and I love the people of this country. And I want to save them, but America will burn. I said, how can I save them? I can't even speak their language. Who knows me? How will they call me? Dimitri, don't worry. I will be ahead of you. Tell them everything I tell you. Don't try to hide anything. Because if you try to hide anything, I will punish you because America will burn. Well, how will America burn? It's so powerful. (laughs) He said, the Russian spies have discovered where the most powerful nuclear missiles are stored in America. The fall of America will start with an internal revolution in America started by the communists. Some of the people will start fighting against the government. The government will be busy with internal problems. Then from the oceans, Russia, Cuba, Nicaragua, Central America, Mexico, and two of the countries which I cannot remember will attack. The Russians will bombard the nuclear missiles in America and America will burn. Well, what will you do with the church? He said, the church has left me. How? Don't you have any people here? He said, people in America honor people. The honor they should be given to God, they give to other people. He said, you see, Americans think high of themselves. They say, I serve God, but they don't. In the church, there's divorces, adultery, fornication, sodomy, abortion, all kinds of sin. Jesus doesn't live in sin. He lives in holiness. I brought you here so you could cry out loud. Don't be afraid. I am with you. Tell them to stop sinning because God never stops forgiving. Tell them to repent. He will forgive them. Tell them to start preparing themselves so I can save them in the day of trouble. If you call me to speak, God loves you because that's what the angel told me. Whoever I love, I want to wake up. I will put on their hearts to call you. Now, let me just say something. Dimitri flew back and forth, up and down, all across America for some 10 years. Spoke in all kinds of radio and TV stations and churches. I have no idea. But would you like to guess how many of those churches, radio and TV stations today, even mention his name? Several people have told me that Prophecy Club is about the only one that still continues to mention his name. In other words, has America accepted the warning? Has America listened? Has America humbled herself? Nope. Nope. I beg people to send this out to their friends, neighbors, and relatives. Nope. Get very little of it. I was just checking. Our views have gone down over the last few months because people don't like hearing this sort of a message. Okay, let's go on. How will you save the church if America will burn? (laughs) Tell them exactly as I tell you. As As he saved the three young men from the oven of fire, And Daniel from the mouth of the line, that is how he'll save them. But you must tell them to stop sinning and repent. Now, why didn't he say, oh, well, they don't have to worry because Jesus is going to come at a pre-trib rapture and save them. Dimitri did not believe in a pre-trib rapture. He said, when you see Jesus return in the sky, we go up to meet him. That was his answer. Now, a pre-tribber is going to say, oh, that is pre-trib. Someone that believes that we go up to the marriage supper of the Lamb, like myself, I would believe it here. Someone that believes that Jesus returns on the very last day, as the Bible says, and he does for Armageddon, and we've explained the difference, then they would see it there. In other words, that's not really telling. But I tell you this, I I quizzed him several times. He did not think that there was a preacher of rapture. So the angel went on to say, I bless this country because of the Jews that are here. I have seven million Jews here. 
They haven't tasted war or persecution, and God blessed them more than anyone else. But instead of thanking God, they started sinning and doing wickedly. Their sins have reached the Holy One, and God will punish them with fire. Israel doesn't recognize the Messiah when they place their trust on the power of, God, of Jews in America. When God will hit America, all the nations will be terrified. Then God will raise up China and Japan and many of the nations. They'll go against the Russians and defeat the Russians. They'll push them through the gates of Paris where they'll sign a peace treaty. But they make the Russians their leader. Then will all the nations as the Russians as their leader. All of them go down against Israel. It's not that they want to. God makes them. Israel doesn't have the help of the Jews in America anymore. In their terror, when they see what is coming, they call upon Messiah. The Messiah will come to help Israel, then the church of God will meet him in the clouds. Are you ready to meet Jesus? Are your wedding clothes clean? If there are still spots on the clothes you were sold, the blood of Jesus still has the power to cleanse sins. Jesus will live with the church on the Mount of Olives. He himself will fight against all the nations. I said, well, if you are the angel of God, then everything you've told me must be written in the Bible. If it's not, I can't tell the Americans. Very well. Tell them to read Jeremiah chapter 51, verses 8 through 15. He calls it the mystery Babylon, the great adulteress. Also, Revelation chapter 18, the whole chapter. There it says clearly what will happen to America. Well, why did he call it the mystery Babylon? Tell them. Because all the nations of the world immigrated into America. And America accepted them. America accepted Buddha, the devil church, the sodomite church, the Mormon church, and all kinds of wickedness. America was a Christian nation, but instead of stopping them, they went after their gods. Because of this, he calls it the Mr. Babylon. Now, so that you know that I'm truly an angel sent by God, tomorrow morning at 9 o'clock, someone will come and give you a bed. At 10.30, someone will come and pay your rent, and at noon, someone will bring you a car and a bucket of honey. Brothers, he said it happened exactly as the angel said. 9 o'clock, someone rang my doorbell and said, I brought you a bed. I couldn't sleep all night long, but God told me you were from Romania and you need a bed. Come and help me unload it. At 10.30, someone rang my doorbell and had me a check for $500. and said, God, God told me to bring you $500. At noon, someone came and gave me a car. I opened the door, sitting in the front seat was a bucket of honey. Now, you might say, why? We trust in God. We've got on our side. On a dollar bill, has we trust in God. But how are your lives? He says, in America, you go after foreign gods. The American church says adultery, fornication, sodomy, divorces, and all kinds of sin. But if we repent with all of our hearts and call Jesus to help us, we will stop sinning. We know that when Jesus comes, we will meet him in the clouds. The angel also said that before the internal problems begin in America, Romania, Romania will have a revolution that was fulfilled December 22, 1989. I recommend that you go to prophecyclub.com and get the book, God's Warning to America. Even better... Get all of the books, 40 books, for a gift of $100. Prophecyclub.com I recommend if you want to have your wealth not lost, if you've got it in an IRA, if you've got it in a 401k, if you've got it in a bank, if your wealth is in paper, as Lindsay Williams said, it's worth the paper it's written on. In other words, it's about to be worthless. So I'll send you to prophecyclubgold.com. You can also reach them, call 800-200-4653, 800-200-4653. They'll give you some ideas on what to do. That is their job, to help you 
not lose your wealth. I also recommend you go to josephkitchen.com. Get yourself a machine package. That's the wherewithal to grind the wheat berries into flour. Put those into a bread machine with five other ingredients. Push about two hours or 40 minutes later and have a nice hot loaf of whole wheat bread. I've had many people email me. They absolutely love the bread. They love the whole idea. And see, because it's long-term storage food. And as in the days of Pharaoh, what fed the world for seven years? It was wheat. I believe wheat is God's food for famines, for God's famine food. It is, there is no perfect one food a person could eat for their whole lifetime and be totally healthy. But in my opinion, bread may come the closest. I mean, why does God call us the wheat? <laughs> wheat and the tares, okay. I think it's because the primary thing we're supposed to be eating is wheat. So go there, and then after you get the machine package, that's all of the mechanical things to make the bread, then you decide how much food you want. By the way, most of your long-term storage food, you're talking nine or $10,000 to feed one person for one year. Did you get that? Nine to $10,000, one person one year. Joseph Kitchen can show you how to do it for about $1,000 per person. We're not talking about half price. We're not talking about 80% less. We're talking about like 90% less than what the other people can tell you that they can get you long-term storage for. I do not know of anybody that can beat that. This is an actual loaf of bread that I actually made. I, I eat bread. I mean, it's, it's, I also have to say that uh, it's brought my cholesterol down brought my blood pressure down and that I don't get hungry as often. I typically will have a slice for breakfast and a slice for lunch and then a normal meal for whatever. And I've lost uh, what oh, 30 pounds over the last year. And in my opinion, I think the primary thing is that did it was of course watching what I eat and you know all the other things, but bread. So I eat bread as the primary source. And it's also, it'll reduce your food budget, too. Anyway, go check it out.